0: Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc.
1: The less your business spends, the more margin you keep. But today, everything costs more. So smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one proven platform, helping you reduce IT costs, maintenance costs, and manual errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash earnings right now. NetSuite.com slash earnings. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International
2: are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients.
0: As you practice each skill,
1: the muscle memory starts to develop.
2: Learn more at Meta.com slash Metaverse Impact.
0: Let's get to Ashish Chada, our guest for the half hour. Ashish is founder, also the CEO at Crystal. He joins from Singapore. Ashish, thanks for being with us. We're still trying to kind of look at the fallout from this employment report. We've talked about the overall job growth. Wage growth was also much above forecast. So there are obviously inflationary pressures building on that front. We're going to get the CPI data this week. We also have, from the Chinese perspective, a lot of inflation numbers we're going to be sorting through midweek. Are we near peak inflation right now, or do you think we have a while to go?
2: It looks like we have a while to go, and uh, a lot of data is going to come out this week and next that will give us some indicators. But even if the data is, let's say, a bit volatile on either side, just like you have the non-farm payrolls uh, much, much above expectations, I I still think the Fed is on its course to achieve close to a 4% by end of the year. So 75 BP seems like a done deal. Inflation does not seem to be well under control. Yes, you will have the base effect coming in. You will have certain energy items probably tapering a bit in terms of inflation. But I don't think we are out of the woods yet.
1: Do you have a sense, Ashish, about when we might be out of the woods? When do you think inflation might peak? Where do you see that funds rate settling?
2: So I think the the right course of action or what the Fed is probably thinking, and this is just a guess I would make, is that as you have a a few rate hikes of 75 BP coming in, it takes a quarter or two for the effects to seep in. So I think when you see the Q3 results coming in, when you see the base effect coming in, it's likely to be Q4, and that's when you could see a solid sign of inflation tapering. And that's the only way you would have a Fed slowing down the pace of hikes. So I would say that 75, 50, 25 is what the Fed may be thinking to achieve a 4% rather than 75-75 and go above-overboard.
0: And yet we have this inversion in the Treasury curve, which would imply that we're dealing with an impending recession. How do you square the two?
2: No, Clearly, the bond market is, uh, is saying that the Fed is going to go overboard because they are predicting that uh, Fed is likely to not have inflation under control and hit the brakes very hard. So while there is a segment of the market, at least the equities market, is looking at a Goldilocks' back kind of scenario, Because you think that Fed is engineering a good soft landing, but there is the bond market saying that, no, the Fed has it wrong. Neither do they have control over inflation. And if they do manage to get some control over it, recession will be staring in our face. So they are clearly sending a very different message than the equities.
1: All right. So where do you put money to work in this environment? Is there anything out there that's flashing a buy for you right now?
2: So clearly, short-term bonds. We know that the rate is likely to be somewhere in the three and a half to four percent by the end of this year. That's broadly likely to happen. So, so short-term bonds is the safest play to go for. Um, but otherwise, beyond that, also you still need to keep an exposure to commodities, maybe lower than before but definitely need to be in as an inflation hedge. And Ashish, uh, we want to
1: turn our attention now to China, and particularly that very impressive trade data we had out over the weekend. Exports growing 18%, $101 billion trade surplus. A lot of headwinds, though, in China. How sustainable does this look to you?
2: So we are big advocators of uh, value coming out of China in terms of investing in the equity markets there. Having said that the data that has come out, which is quite positive on the on the export side and on imports, it's a bit lower. It's just a signal of front-loading of orders given the COVID-related uh, lockdowns that we are seeing there. Uh, but clearly, there is a, a positivity to the economy that could come out after the October uh, Congress that happens there. However, there is the geopolitical risks that is overshadowing it. There is the whole mortgage-related uh, cloud that is also over there. Uh, but we think that post-october you would see or you should see policy actions that could give a very positive momentum to the economy
0: so what are you seeing then or predicting in the way of uh, stimulus
2: so it's tough to say what exactly do they come out with uh, because they have kind of underwhelmed from the market expectations uh, but clearly a stimulus that leads to clearing of the clouds on the mortgage crisis Uh, And showing more uh, easing stance is something that may be uh, needed. And that's what the market would look for. Uh, But as the uncertainty goes away, you would see that the focus will come on valuations. And from a value perspective, it would look very attractive.
1: So where do you put money to work in China? Are there any particular sectors or stocks that look appealing to you at the moment?
2: So we'll go with the broad index names, you know, the China A shares uh, rather than specific in tech or so. Uh, of course, avoiding property is is prudent, uh, but going with the broad index names is what we would typically uh, stick to.
0: So much of the conversation has been around technology as well, uh, Taiwan, the semiconductor industry. That's also a part of the, uh, the South Korea story. Would you be tempted to put money away from China in certain pockets of the APAC that had to deal with uh, technology, particularly the semiconductors, rather than some of the hardware names?
2: It's definitely tempting, but we don't know whether this is going to be just a short-term trend or a short-term knee-jerk reaction. Uh, In the technology space, we still think that the U.S. big tech is well-positioned despite all the rate hikes, and that's where I think buying on dips is likely to continue. So we'd rather go safe till we have clarity on the monetary policy actions and inflation.
1: We have, of course, seen some uh, fairly active Chinese military drills around Taiwan following the visit of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi uh, how does the balance of, <clears throat> excuse me, risks here look to you? Is it, uh, are there any risks for markets for growth, or does this just look like domestic political saber rattling?
2: No, there's definitely geopolitical risk that one has to keep in mind. Uh, but given the uh, the priorities that uh, that the Chinese government would have, I would think that uh, the importance to these should be lowered. Uh, I wouldn't comment on any any political moves uh, that could happen per se. Uh, But hoping that uh, whatever is the impact of this is limited to certain import items or certain export items from Taiwan and stays there.
0: The domestic story in China has always been, I think, a concern for people that play the equity market on the mainland. I mean, very soft kind of consumer participation. You mentioned that the difficulty with the property market is being a contributor to that fact. Are you sensing a turn in, in consumer sentiment or at least consumer behavior in China?
2: Yeah, the domestic demand definitely has taken a double blow, both in terms of property as well as uh, COVID-related effects. And uh, as the policy gets a bit easier on the COVID side, as well as any fiscal stimulus comes uh, helping the property sector, that's where we think the sentiment could improve. But we're still at least three to four months away from that happening.
1: Very quickly, Ashish, what's your cash allocation like at the moment?
2: Uh, so, instead of cash, we prefer holding short-term investment-grade bonds because that's going to give you a lot more uh, uh, return uh, bank for buck than anything else. All right. Ashish Chandra, founder and CEO
1: at Crystal. thanks so much for joining us here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia.
0: Hi, everyone. I'm Paul Anka. And I'm Skip Bronson. And what happens when two old friends take their decades of experience in the business and entertainment worlds and sit down with our buddies? you get our way a brand new show from iHeart heart podcast where we chop it up with our pals about everything under the sun this is our podcast and we're gonna do it our way listen to our way on the iheart radio app
1: apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts